Hey everybody, this is Rob's Observations. I am your host, Rob Liefeld. We're going to talk about comics and sci-fi and movies and streaming and, and, and everything in between today. we got a really fun show for you. I'm excited to get uh, back at this with everybody. We are knee-deep in the holiday season. It is 2021. It's a, a, I, I'm just thrilled to be, uh, to be in it. To, to be approaching fast approaching December Christmas I love this time of year as I'm as I hope you do as well and uh, I hope this finds you happy and uh, I hope today you are entertained by these uh really fun topics because oh man I've just got so much swirling around I'm gonna try and thread this needle and connect it all in the same kind of uh stream of consciousness way that sometimes I I, I, I mistakenly get caught up in with but bear with me one of the uh, things that I've been looking forward to the most over the last year, ever since they released the trailer teasing it, was the Beatles documentary by Peter Jackson called Get Back. It uh, is the further, uh, not further, it is it, it, it features a ton of uh, footage that Peter Jackson was, was given access to uh, based on the attempt when they made the original Let It Be uh, film and and uh, going through all that footage, Peter Jackson, obviously a diehard Beatles fan like so many of us, was able to create an eight-hour, three-part documentary that if you haven't seen it, I could not recommend it more highly, whether you are a fan of the Beatles music or not, watching artists, the artistic process. Uh, you don't need to like Tom Cruise to know that he's a movie star and to watch him do his craft and, and to see a documentary about him uh, preparing for a role, uh, I, I feel like it would be very exciting. You don't know, you don't need to have seen anything Lucille Ball ever did to know that she was a huge TV star. And, uh, you know, to watch her do her craft, even for a few minutes, same with Tom Cruise or, or, or an artist that, that you like, um, is, is a glimpse into what goes into their process of being what made them stand out so much. And and again, I don't know what it is about the Beatles that that, that catches us up and, and, and romanticizes so many of us. But, you know, obviously I was not uh, uh, aware or alive in their, in their heyday and their peak. And they broke up when I was two years old. So I had no recollection of the Beatles. Although, you know, as I came into my awareness around five, six years old, seven years old, Beatles music was everywhere in the seventies. Um, 1971, 72, 73, I mean, and you had the fact that Paul McCartney and John Lennon and George Harrison uh, were making solo efforts at that time. And so their music was everywhere. Their solo albums, Paul McCartney and Wings, John Lennon's uh, solo efforts, everybody's, you know, they were such monster talents on their own, which is why seeing them in what would, you know, a, f a fair assessment of, of their last period of the their being together on uh, the Get Back documentary and watching them create songs. I mean, Paul McCartney literally has nothing one minute riffing on his guitar and then forms it, shapes it, and he has Get Back, which is one of my favorite, you know, Beatles tune and obviously the the title of the documentary. And if you don't like the song Get Back, they, they it is their default go-to song that is played across. Uh, there's no song played more than that song is across the three parts, eight hours. But... Uh, why are you talking about the Beatles? Well, the Beatles are artists and they took the entire world by storm 
in a way that I think uh, no one else quite ever has. And uh, uh, that, that when, when Paul, when, when John Lennon uh, compared their popularity to that of Jesus, uh, not that they're better than Jesus, but he said at that moment in time, they're more popular. It was a, you know, maybe poorly worded phrase. It got them in a lot of uh, hot water. Each and every member of the band expressed their frustration that that became the story that they had to deal with uh, when they went out on the road following that, uh, while they were out on the road following that comment. So, I mean, but but imagine that. Imagine being able to even be in the argument with Jesus. Imagine being able to be like, I'm as popular as Jesus. I mean, think about every Bible in every hotel room that you've ever seen. Think, think about every church, every steeple, every congregation, and then being able to get in the argument with you're as popular as the the, the dude that everyone is, the, the deity that, that, that's, that, that so much of the world worships. So I think... Uh, watching this documentary, the attention given to it is, is uh, for me, justified. I was hanging on every conflict, every uh, push to, uh, to, to, to finish their songs, to, push their, to finish their efforts, to, to collaborate. Very exciting. The specific reason why I am speaking of this uh, show is at the, uh, you know, spoiler, 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 part of history, but maybe you don't want to know it, uh, so I've been warned one, with one more spoiler. Uh, at the end of the uh, first episode, George Harrison leaves the group. It would be a, let's call it about a week that he exited the group, officially quit the group during this session, left a note for them that he had gone to lunch and he would see them around the clubs. This was known to people that uh, of the time when the movie was released in 6970. Uh, I, I believe the original 90-minute film was released. Uh, which was critically panned, uh, grainy, dark. Um, just, just uh, the, the director did not do a good job forming the narrative surrounding Let It Be. And I think some, uh, given that they had broken up by the time this reached theaters, I think it was just, uh, it was maybe just the timing was also very poor. But they did not want, even though the people who, so, so the public knew that George, and especially those in the music industry, knew that George had left for a period of time. They didn't want that covered in the original film. Uh, here you see it warts and all. You see it fester and 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 build up and then like a zit pop by the end of that first episode and George Harrison is gone. And then they spend the, uh, the, the next, you know, uh, good first third of the following in getting him... Uh, the following episodes, because again, it's one, two, three episodes altogether. They try and get him back uh, into the fold to continue their project. And there's never really a sense of panic. I think they feel like they can write the ship and they can get him back. But what's most most interesting and what's kind of uh, 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 the, the thing that I just, I, I shook my head and I was like, oh man, to, to my wife, Joy, look at this. So while uh, George is being wooed to rejoin them, they go to his house twice there is no footage of that shown. They, 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 the microphones were not allowed to follow them there. At one point, the original director did mic a uh, a, a planted some planted uh, a, a pot of flowers that that John and Paul are having a discussion around. And this is the first time Peter Jackson was able to isolate that audio, and that is very intimate and and, and really a, a sneak peek, and obviously approved of by the surviving members of the family, all of which whom are producers on the project. So it's not like Peter Jackson is sharing with you something that was not approved of. Uh, you know, as he, you know, 
as he said, you know, he was fortunate that, that, that they were so cooperative to allow this stuff to breathe and for us to hear it. <clears throat> but in that period where they're trying to get George back, the press got wind of it. Somebody leaked it. Obviously, there's a lot of people on this set. There, You got the boom mic guy. There's even somebody who goes, do we need this boom mic? You know, I mean, so just to reemphasize, there's a guy who's controlling the boom mic. There's, because it's a film as well as recording sessions. So you've got all your recording engineers and you've got your filmmakers there as well. So obviously somebody leaks this to the press. Well, they have a great time. The, the, the Paul, John, and Ringo, prior to George arriving as he would the next day because he's already signaled to them he will be returning, they are reading in the newspaper the lies that the press told that the three gentlemen involved in, in, in George Harrison leaving, and of course George is the fourth and he's not there, they are sitting there reading the headlines that state <clears throat> that there was fisticuffs. That, that this reporter says it even came to the point of physical fighting fisticuffs. And it's at this point in the uh, documentary, it's very entertaining that John Lennon stands up and he kind of pretend fights with his fellow bandmates. Oh, we've got to have fisticuffs. And there was fighting. And so they just get a big kick out of that because that was more salacious. That was more interesting. And if I could just caution you, the, the media lies to us every day about everything. They lie to us about our sports. They lie to us on behalf of the team, on behalf of the player. They lie to us on behalf of our politicians. They lie to us on, on behalf of our entertainment uh, enterprises. Some juicy, salacious stories break through because they mean more clicks. Uh, this meant more hits. Come back tomorrow. Buy tomorrow's newspaper and we'll tell you if the boys have gotten back, back together. Um, George Harrison walking out and in essence knocking over a file cabinet, which he didn't do, but that would be the kind of the same amount of effect because on the uh, on the band because we watch it that the cameras are rolling. Their reaction to to receiving the news in real time, we get to see. No one panics. They continue to show up when there's some miscommunication about if they're getting together. The three of them the next day, it's quickly rectified. John shows up after lunch and they continue to try to make this new music. We see that there is no screaming, yelling. We see, when things get tough and intense, the camera captures it. George and uh, George Harrison and Paul McCartney are having some terse exchanges uh, throughout this documentary. They are there for you to watch. Uh, the, the, maybe the increasing lack of tolerance that, that these amazing talents have and have had for each other over years is waning. And you can see it. And it's sad. It is literally a group of guys who realize they have become strangers to one another. And it is, um, it's sad because when I, when I summed it up, I, because I, I, I have to explain things to my wife first, foremost, and always, I said, here's the deal. Above all else, Paul and John together made everyone smile. Their chemistry, their artistry, when they would literally, for, forgive my, you know, hitting this one right in the nose, when they would come together, it was magic. And so when we realize that the magic is over, there are no more rabbits to be pulled out of the hat and they are not going to be jamming anymore. And this is literally the beginning of the end. It is uh, sad, blue, morose, whatever you want to call it. But along the way, while this was being covered, complete absolute lies were being told. And I would just say, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed since 1969. You know, we are lied to. Your comic book press lies to you. 
your media, mainstream media lies to you. Again, your sports press lies to you. Um, sometimes they think it's harmless. They just want to give you the anxiety of knowing that you'll be back tomorrow. Before I took the mic today, Sony announced Amy Pascal, who is the uh, producer, used to be the executive that made the Spider-Man movies that Sony is now the producer, who is kind of the golden parachute. She got to stay involved in the movies and give those to you. There's an interesting excerpt about her relationship with the Spider-Man films in the new story of the MCU, which I'll be returning to in a future episode to, to talk about the entire uh, Tom Holland, Sony, Spider-Man, the death of the Andrew Garfield movies, the 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 uh, turn to Marvel, all of that. That is a really interesting bit of history to carve out and to analyze and uh, and to see where it's going. But she announced that 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 there will be more of these movies to come. There will be more Tom Holland's, uh, Spider-Man's. Three more, she says. Three more. She is getting out a couple weeks before her movie and she's being blustery and bold and doing what you do. You sell, sell, sell. You get people excited. You tell them, you're not going to see the end of something. This is just the beginning of something. I just told you that I was riveted for eight hours watching the death of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. Maybe the greatest of all time. And certainly, I think, with Lennon and McCartney, like, oh, uh, the greatest musical collaborators of all space and time, the two of those guys. Uh, and here, Amy Pascal is telling you, no, 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 don't, don't, there's not an ending here when, when Spider-Man, uh, 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 the, 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 the new, the third movie, the, the, basically, you know, the Doctor Strange Spider-Man movie comes out, um, that, 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 that there's more to come because there's always more to come because if there's not more to come, you may not come this time around. That's the prevailing notion, okay? Well, a blogger, vlogger, wasted no time whatsoever posting, we know the deal. We will be discussing what's coming in these next three movies. That is horseshit. That blogger knows nothing. There is nothing that that blogger can offer you that is even one that it reflects reality in any sense of any word. It's like, this has been confirmed. That We're now getting three movies confirmed as if there was some piece of news that they can point to saying, this is confirming what we spoke to you. They did not. They, no one said there's three more coming. This is brand new news to everyone. And then to say, we're going to break down what these next three movies will be about. No, they're not. They're lying to you. That is a lie to get you to click on them so that they can make more money. And, um, you know, so I guess if you want to support livelihoods based on false information and deception, because nothing that is given to you in whatever blog or vlog is going to be shared with you in the immediate aftermath of that news is going to reflect reality in any sense. It is going to be conjecture. It is going to be speculation. And that is all. There is going to be no whatsoever at all factual information reflecting reality at all. As if they would allow this person to know anything. They would not. They have not. They won't. So again, the Beatles got into fisticuffs when we saw they didn't. And they laughed about it. They even have a great section where they read the gossip columns and they make a song out of it and they riff on it. And it's really funny. And it just reminds me of, again, that you just got to be cautious. You've got to be as cautious as possible when you know what news you're choosing. I pride myself on bringing you guys... Um, Truth And the reason I'm pivoting to that is I'm, I'm looking at the magazine from 1979, 1980 that I'm about to read to you. 
that I will again share with you the byline and read with you the author because this is really interesting. This is a time obviously before vlogs and blogs and the race for clicks and attention and, and follow me, follow me, I'm an influencer who knows. Again, this influencer does not know. This inf You are not being told anything today. If it doesn't flash, this is my own speculation to get you excited. I am making this up as I go. Isn't flashing on this vlog or, or, or pasted across this blog. I mean, it is the utmost um, de deception possible. And I see people, I've covered it in my previous, you know, episodes where I talked about all the different information that you guys have to sift through every day now. And the guy that came to my store appearance in March, in March, and congratulated me on Jim Carrey being the villain in Deadpool 3. And I said, but that hasn't happened. And that's not true. And the guy said, but I want it to be true. And he shrugged like, but it's good for me because in my fantasy land, this is what's happening. And really, that's kind of what we're, uh, what we're up against now. But today, I have talked to you guys so often about a magazine that was the premier sci-fi magazine of its age. It was called Starlog. Starlog. Starlog was your go-to for everything sci-fi. They had a sister horror magazine for called Fangoria. That would give you your your Friday the 13th news, your 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 April Fools Day, you know, spin-off horror films, your 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 uh your your Freddy Krueger movies, your J your, your Michael Myers Halloween, so Halloween, Friday the 13th, you know, um Nightmare on Elm Street, anything horror related, Fangoria really doubled down. That was a sister company to the company that produced Starlog. Starlog was because, you know, right around 76 with Logan's run and then powering through with 1977's release of Star Wars, you got this amazing surge of science fiction. I found my Starlogs, you guys. I found my box of Starlogs. Sometimes during the holidays, you go and you make your, you venture deep into your storage unit and you realize that you also have all of these magazines on top of all these comic books. And um, I kept furiously looking, do I have, do I have, do I have? And here it is. Because I told you guys, let me set the table again. In the immediate aftermath of Star Wars being released, and Star Wars is always going to be a touchdown, touchdown to me and my youth because of how radically it changed everything. If you have not, as a sidebar, watched Under the Helmet Boba Fett, Boba Fett on the Disney on the Disney streaming service, Disney Plus. It's 22 minutes, and it will sum up everything I've told you over two years about Boba Fett, created as a visual, succeeded as a visual, uh, appeared in a cartoon, in a parade, as a toy, had no personality, and the great thing they say is he has four minutes, he has four lines in Empire Strikes Back, and a running total of six minutes screen time between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, and became the phenomenon. Of, of our time. I mean, uh, uh, I forget the guy from Lucasfilm on the uh, on the documentary who says, if you would have told me that we'd still be talking about Boba Fett after the summer of 1980, uh, uh, I, I would be shocked. But here we are. And it's like, as they prepare to release the Book of Boba Fett, which is the natural spinoff of Mandalorian, which obviously Mandalorian doesn't exist without Boba Fett because that's where that look uh, uh, first appears. And I cannot... Uh, the reason I'm invoking Under the Helmet, the book of Boba Fett so strongly is because I love, I love Dave Filoni. I, I just love him. He is such a tried and true blue 
just Star Wars fanatic. He is so dedicated to George Lucas and his vision and his original vision and giving him all the acknowledgement as the creator of this amazing world that just transformed the culture. It transformed the culture. The longest lines, um, the longest waits for movies in recorded history up until that moment, They were that, that that is Star Wars. It continued that. Again, you have to realize, and I mentioned this when I was uh, looking at like, you know, things that, that what, what, what was number one on your birthday, the number one mu- music, number one TV, number one movie. And I remember being shocked in, in this last summer, seeing that on October 3rd, 1977. So that's May, June, July, September, October. Star Wars was the number one movie at the box office. Star Wars just played for almost an entire year and then they re-released it. They did an official re-release um, in, in, in the, the following summer that just kept the juices flowing. It kept all of the Star Wars juices flowing. The, 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 the supply and demand for everything Star Wars was insane. Toys, posters, uh, 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 lunch pails. I mean, it was such an avalanche of Star Wars interest. It was a fever. It was a fever that was not soon broken. And it was a fever that was in the absolute every extreme. And Dave Filoni tells you, like, you know, Boba Fett was George's nod to the Sergio Leone, you know, spaghetti westerns, the Clint Eastwood, he had the the shawl, um, the spurs that they put on him. He was in every essence, uh, every part of his essence was supposed to communicate that gunslinging bounty hunter from the Wild West. And he said, you know, in the same way that when you see uh, the Eastern samurai influence, uh, all the different mashups that Star Wars represented. If you were a fan, you realized, again, and I've covered this several times, Obi-Wan and Darth Vader with the Jedis, you know, really invoked Ronin, Samurai, um, you know, uh, 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 it, it was definitely borrowed from Eastern culture, Eastern culture, Eastern influence. Um, you know, George himself took liberally uh, from, from the Hidden Fortress, a Kurosawa film. You know, obviously Kurosawa was great, you know, Seven Samurai, uh, uh, just just all of these, the, the robes with which Obi-Wan adorns himself are somewhere between prophets of the Old Testament, like Charlton Heston in, in, in the Ten Commandments, and the samurais of old. And then you had the knighted, you know, uh, 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 you know, samurai armor, uh, you know, that, 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 that Darth Vader put forth. And then, then you would wander in to, you know, uh, uh, Moss Eisley, and, and there's all the cowboys, and there's a saloon, and there's Han Solo is literally a cowboy. I mean, uh, it, it, it's it's just got so many um, different, you know, mashups of cultures and influences, and that is one of the things that made Star Wars so unique and just rocketed it forward, and, and, and I think he just touched upon so many different, you know, knights, samurais, cowboys, military. I mean, I mean, that... that the empire looks like Nazis. I mean, Grand Moff Tarkin could be walking into a meeting with Adolf Hitler. I mean, they, they made them look like space Nazis. I mean, there was so many different components and that is why Star Wars was and remained such a touchstone. And seriously, I mean, come on, turn on your Disney plus look at that Star Wars menu. I mean, the Star Wars, uh, pop culture IP continues to thrive and, and, and push the Disney brand and push that Disney streaming service. I mean, Star Wars is such an important part. I personally believe that the best of the streaming series ever 
in the last, you know, in the brief two years that really all these streaming series started popping up, especially the Disney ones, is Mandalorian. Mandalorian season one and two are perfection to me. They are fantastic. Season two, you could tell they upped the budget. They gave them more money. It's even more impressive than the very, very impressive season one. Mandalorian season two rocked everybody's world. It set the stage for all of those spinoffs. You know, uh, uh, Cassian, uh, is it Andor? Um, Obviously, uh, uh, we've got the Book of Boba Fett coming. We've got uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I mean, it's it's, uh, it's just become just this massive juggernaut. And it all started in the summer of 1977. So when they decided that they would, you know, when they announced there'd be a sequel, I can guarantee you, I can tell you right now, it it rocked the culture. It rocked the culture. You think that all of these kind of uh, intrusive, uh, I'd say paparazzi, like sneak photos, you know, leaks from set, all of that is not a product of the last 20 years. I mean, this goes back as far as when Star Wars announced Empire Strikes Back. No, nobody was really looking to eavesdrop on Star Wars. Nobody believed in the movie. No one knew the movie existed, okay? But to follow up the biggest hit of all time, which is what Star Wars was, if you don't think that there was an intense amount of scrutiny and that the media wanted to know everything because they wanted their readers to know and they knew their readers were pushing the entire model. I mean, there is not a single issue of Starlog that does not from like 1977 to 1983 invoked something to do with Star Wars. They know you wanted it. That's the material you wanted to read about. You wanted to be informed of. The cover of Starlog number 31, February 1980, uh, which means it was probably released in December. That's when I remember grabbing this in the grocery store at the Stater Brothers when my mom walked in and, and the newsstand in this particular Stater Brothers was right at the entrance. Boom. And so I just parked myself while my mom did all the grocery shopping for the family and I uh, poured over this star log. My mom did not give me enough money. She, she did not agree to purchase this for me. This was a $2 purchase back in the day and she's like, give me a break. And this is in 1979, $2 is, is, is tantamount to $10 today. Uh, uh, it, it was semi-frowned upon. I would make, um, at that point, uh, $3.50 every Saturday mowing lawns. It would eventually go up to $5 and I would... Um, uh, tap out at $6 mowing lawns in the early 80s. But uh, so I just needed to go home and do some chores. But my fear was that this magazine would be gone. And you know, when I got home, I discussed um, some terms and some chores with my dad. And so about five o'clock that night, we returned and I was able to get this awesome issue of Starlog. The cover to this Starlog is The Black Hole, Disney's $20 million epic. Okay, Disney's Disney's $20 million epic. Is that awesome? Disney's $20 million epic, okay? Uh, The, uh, wow, just just really, really fun issue. But at the top, the banner at the top, exclusive color photos. The Empire Strikes Back report. Okay, boom, boom, we're in business. We're in business. The thing that really, I'm like, I saw this cover when I got this out of storage, but I wasn't like fully sold that this was the exact, you know, issue that I was looking for until there it was. Pages 26 and 27 of Starlog number 31. The heavy powder blue background and the first time we saw snowtroopers. The snowtroopers who have penetrated, made their way and breached the rebel base on Hoth in their long flowing uh, you know, coats. They're like 
white duster jackets over their armor and the one snow trooper manning the cannon. And I was like, here it is. I was back in that Stater Brothers in Christmas, December 1979, just like beside myself, shaking. I couldn't believe we had full color photos from the set of Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back, back obviously is going to come out in about six months from when I'm holding this in my hands. In December of 1979, I am 12 years old. I am ready. I am excited. Okay. That summer, I will be 12. I'm two months into being 12. I'm totally excited. And here it is. Stalking the Empire Strikes Back. Starlog exclusive by David Houston. By David Houston. So you guys, if you were wondering, if you want to go back in time, what were people speculating about? This is why I'm sharing this with you. The stuff I'm about to read to you is going to blow your mind. This is what was on fans' fans' minds between the time of Star Wars. And you can hear those, the rassle of those papers. That's my Starlog 31, Stalking the Empire Strikes Back by David Houston. <clears throat> some of the things we hear, this is David Houston, some of the things we hear about the new Star Wars picture, the Empire Strikes Back, are vertifiably accurate. The original actors are back in their original roles, most of them. And there are some new inhabitants of that galaxy far, far away that we will meet when the movie premieres, barring disaster, May 17th, 1980, in London, and May 18th in the United States and Canada. John Williams is writing new music for the score, and a new head of special effects, Brian Johnson, who worked on Alien in Space 1999, is on board. Originator George Lucas is executive producer this time. Gary Kurtz is again producing an Irving, Irvin Kirshner. A newcomer to the Star Wars Empire is the director. Once a questionnaire gets past such dry production details, however, the info uh, and into more exciting matters, he or she receives only wry, silent smiles from the knowledgeable few inside the Lucasfilm Empire. Cite freedom of the press and the smiles turn to gleeful laughter. Laughter. No one is talking. But Hollywood, home of the gossip column, is not known for its ability to keep secrets. Rumors are flying. The air in Los Angeles is positively smoggy with them. Herewith, set down for your edification and confusion are the rampant and not-so-rampant, consistent and inconsistent rumors about the content and characters of The Empire Strikes Back. This was the hottest sequel, the biggest movie in the history of all time. And if you watch, again, the Empire of Dreams documentary that for, I, I believe, may still be on the Disney Plus platform, but uh, was included when they did the six... Uh, disc uh, Blu-ray of the prequels and and the original three and they had this epic three-hour Empire of Dreams documentary. They talk about the anticipation and the excitement buzzing around the Empire Strikes Back. This was the most anticipated movie of all time given the amazing, unprecedented success of Star Wars. I haven't done the modern dollars, but I know when they do it and they do modern, you know, ad prices of today to those tickets sold, like Star Wars is untouchable. It is literally... Just, just, just the 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 amount of people attending because attendance has gone down, but 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 if you go by tickets sold, I mean stuff like Star Wars Gone with the Wind would would just stagger you. Um, so they are on the trail trying to determine what you're going to see in six months, and at the time of this writing, it's probably two months before that, and all of the investigative investigation they've been doing probably goes far as far back as 1978. Okay, prior to them actually shooting the movie. They said, Starlog says that they have presented a compilation to the Lucasfilm offices of uh, 
of, of, of their questions, their inquiries. And uh, they have included many of Lucasfilm's responses. They said, take Obi-Wan Kenobi, for instance. Has he died or did he just merely vanish in Star Wars? Again, you know, you got to remember 1977. He just collapses. The cloak collapses. He's no longer there. He's now a voice talking in Luke's. What manner of evolution does that take? I mean, are we going to see him manifest as we obviously did? Um, no one knew. Force ghosts were new. Force ghosts hadn't really... There was no term called force ghosts, okay? So... Uh, a good many people are claiming that Alec Guinness will indeed appear in Obi Empire Strikes Back as Obi-Wan. Uh, rumors are, and then they put little bullet points, only his disembodied only his disembodied voice will appear. He will appear in flashbacks. Okay, they hadn't had flashbacks. They still, I, I think, wasn't the last movie the first time they actually had flashbacks? Um, another bullet point, he appears as a shape that one can faintly see through. Uh, he dies again. <laughs> it says, Obi-Wan will die again and appear in a more transparent form. It says, so many people believe that it may well be true that the hinted at romantic triangle of Luke, Leah, and Han will become a serious issue in The Empire Strikes Back. And that is resolved once and for all. Rumors say, bullet point number one, Leah chooses Han Solo. Oh, oh, wait here, wait here. Bullet point number two, Leah chooses Luke Skywalker. Okay. Uh, the most disquieting. So, ooh, big, big, big leap they, they made there. <laughs> big leap. I remember reading this going, I, I don't care about the romance. Yeah, in 1980, I just wanted more fights, more lightsabers, more more blasters, more, more uh, aerial battles. The most disquieting rumor, which was reported in People magazine. Again, this Star Lord is a slick magazine. This thing is printed on nice, shiny, thick paper. It's full color. Oh, it is a really, really... Slick production, it, it appeared month in, month out, huge, hugely successful, top of the line. I mean, this was at every grocery store, every marketplace, big, uh, big circulation, well-carried magazine. They say the most disquieting rumor, which was reported in People magazine, is that Han Solo is killed, leaving the field clear for Luke with Leah. But then we've also heard that Mark Hamill does not want to continue on in Star Wars and he, Luke, will be killed. Or both Luke and Han die, and the saga continues with the princess and new characters in the lead. So, you guys, you think speculation about Marvel films is off the chain? Listen to what is in print on this beautiful powder blue background, Stalking the Empire Strikes Back by David Houston, okay? It continues <laughs> uh, that uh, more rumors involving Han Solo... There are more rumors involving Han Solo than any other characters. Someone who claims to have read the final synapse synopsis of the report of the screenplay reports this. Someone who claims to have read the final synopsis of the screenplay reports this. So again, what have we already read? Uh, that 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 Obi-Wan is coming back and dying again. He's only going to be a voice. He's only going to be an ethereal shape. He's only... Um, um, then he comes back, dies, and then we'll become more solidified. We are reading that Leah chooses Han. Leah chooses Luke, kind of having it both ways here. But then again, they are reporting that Han Solo is going to die in Empire Strikes Back. Um, Luke wants out. Both Luke and Han are going to die. I mean, again, you you are getting crazy speculation. And at least they're calling it. They're calling it rumors. They're calling it speculation. But they're telling you what's what they've heard and, and presenting to you 
again, because they want you to be back next issue to learn and see if they have more answers. Getting to the part where it says someone who claims to have read the final synopsis of the screenplay reports this. What that is, is Chewie is taken prisoner. While on the ice planet Hoth, our intrepid rebels are attacked by stormtroopers. Although the rebels defeat the troopers, the representatives of the Empire knock Chewbacca unconscious and take him away as their prisoner. Although Leah insists Chewbacca's rescue must wait and that other rebel business must take precedence over the attempt. Han Solo defies these orders, taking off in the Millennium Falcon to rescue his friend. Okay, so somebody who claims to have read the script it has informed Starlog of this or has claimed to have read the final synopsis, the bullet points, the story points, what, you know, the broad strokes. They have reported this and Starlog is running it. Someone else who claims to have read the same final synopsis says that it is not Chewbacca who is taken prisoner. It is Han Solo. So we don't know what they were doing. We know that, you know, Going back to the Star Wars sequels, Matrix, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, they print the scripts in thermal ink on certain paper. Um, it, it, that, that, that you know that paper is disposable. It, it, it vanishes. They've done all sorts of coding. I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding about all this, like, like thermal ink, and you have to read it under a, a light. I have been told crazy stuff over the years of how these studios hide, um, you know, their their uh, screen secrets, again, going to something such as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, both Leonardo DiCaprio, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, who obviously did not appear in the movie, um, Brad Pitt, have all said that they had to go to Quentin Tarantino's house and they could go to the guest room and read the screenplay and then uh, no, no, no cell phones, no anything to record it, read it, hand it in to Tarantino and, and leave that there was absolutely no leaving the premises. When uh, Jeff Wadlow, who, great guy, love him to death, uh, right after he did Kick-Ass number two, he was given the job to do X-Force. That X-Force screenplay was fantastic. And Jeff Wadlow had me come up. I read it on an iPad in a separate room, and I left it there. And there was no more, uh, no more X-Force that I could take with me, but I read it cover to cover. I called my buddy. I told him all about it. Somebody who I trusted. I he kept it secret all these years. Um, but you know, you 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 are not allowed to take uh, some of this stuff home. I, I think I signed something um, for Jeff, and sometimes I have gotten footage myself during Deadpool one and Deadpool two. I was sent footage that said Rob Liefeld footage all over it, so that if it leaked, they would know it's Rob Liefeld's footage. So again. You know, they would know who to nail. So these people are reading scripts, synopsis, and they're in their and they're playing a game of telephone. Cause that, you know, we've got Chewbacca gets kidnapped and Han Solo gets kidnapped. And then here's the guys, it 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 this is the best. Okay, this is the absolute best. Another person who read the synopsis, Starlog has got some great connections here. And if you don't think that little Robbie Got a little, uh, his sphincter didn't tighten a little when he read this. You, you, you don't know how into this I was. Here is the next point uh, from someone who read the synopsis of Empire Strikes Back. Near the climax of the film, Han Solo crosses lightsabers with Darth Vader. 
Although Han Solo does not really know how to use the weapon, he does fairly well when suddenly the light beams are fused together and Han and life and, and Darth Vader's life forces are briefly intermingled. Luke comes to the rescue, but if he kills Vader, will he not also kill his friend? Whoa! Hello! Is that nuts? Did I just read that 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 this report in this Starlog that what I could expect? Now you know why I went home and negotiated with my dad because I had to have this magazine. I had to read this paragraph 16 times. I probably did some sketches, drawings of this exact scenario. Han Solo was going to fight Darth Vader. He was going to cross lightsabers. Han doesn't really know how to use the weapon, but he does fairly well. And the light beams are fused together. Han and Vader's life forces are intermingled. Luke has a chance to come to the rescue, but if he kills Vader, might not he kill his friend too? This is exciting stuff. This is the best speculation ever. One of the new characters that we meet in Empire is reportedly a rogue named Lando Calrissian. So, I mean, they, they're, they're getting some stuff right here. It is said in various circles that he is a good guy and that he is also a bad guy. One intriguing rumor is that Calrissian will be an old friend of Han Solo. And in fact, is the man who originally owned Han Solo and sold it to Han. A, a whole, is the man who originally owned the Millennium Falcon and sold it to Han. Even if that's true, it's as likely that he is a villain as a hero, considering ethical fences Han has been known to straddle. So Empire Strikes Back, Starlog nails this. They nail this. Another of the new characters has the evil-smelling name of Boba Fett. <laughs> the evil-smelling name. They say he will rival Darth Vader for sheer terrorism. Well, we know that kind of didn't really happen. Um, apparently, he is a remnant of the old Imperial shock troopers. Okay, so if you watch Under the Helmet... They tell you that Boba Fett, there were supposed to be a hundred of him. George wanted them to be the, and, and really this kind of reeks of, of so much of Dune with the, the Emperor's blades, um, that they were the, the high level of the stormtroopers. Uh, he, Boba Fett is a remnant of the old Imperial shock troopers who once made the stormtroopers look like school crossing guards. We all know that that became a Mandalorian myth. That, 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 that really they sidestepped that and created the Mandalorian mythology instead. Um, uh, another says he was never a shock trooper. He has merely adopted their uniform and uh, uses it as a symbol of his nefarious purpose. You have already seen Boba Fett before. He appeared in the Darth, with Darth Vader in the Star Wars Holiday Special on CBS TV last November. Boba Fett uh, also will have Wookiee scalps on his shoulder or possibly dangling from his belt. The most interesting speculation about Boba Fett is that he is a bounty hunter who will work for whichever side pays him the most, and he plays both sides when he can get away with it. Does that sound like Deadpool? Have I always told you that I based Deadpool off Boba Fett? There it is. There it is. Plays both sides against the middle. Will do whatever the the person who pays him the most tells him to do. And a rumor within the rumor, Boba Fett will be played by one actor, and his voice will be dubbed by another. They just needed a paragraph to fill space there. <clears throat> Also, the method used with Darth Vader. Again, you got these great pictures of Hoth, these full-color pictures that were riveting. Uh, without the photos, you know, I'm, I'm not buying this, but but boy, did I love all this speculation. So so anyway, they, these are some of the greatest. I'm going to wrap this up with this great um, uh, uh, response here. Um, uh, word has gotten around that the Emperor will make his first appearance in The Empire Strikes Back. Um, equally persistent are the rumors that he will be 
played by Orson Welles or possibly Christopher Lee. So, you know, we eventually got Christopher Lee, right? It's just not here. Um, one of the special effects people has informed us, Starlog, that he knew for sure that neither the Emperor nor Ben Kenobi will be in the picture. But uh, these fellows at the effects plants are cagey and should not be trusted on matters. <laughs> okay, well, so Starlog prints something and then says, but you shouldn't trust this. So uh, uh, perhaps it's wishful thinking in, 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 in the operation, but it is strongly believed Empire concludes with a fierce lightsaber battle between Luke and Vader. And more than once we have heard that it turns out that Darth Vader will identify himself as Luke's father. Of course, we've also heard from reliable sources that Ben Kenobi is really Luke's father. And still from other sources that Ben Kenobi killed Luke's father. It has also been reported that in Empire Strikes Back, we learn considerably more about most of the continuing characters, including why Darth Vader wears that mask in the first place. We have also heard that we will have a scene in which we see Vader without the mask. So these it's, it, it's fascinating that they actually get more right in this than they get wrong. Um, but the stuff they get wrong is, is pretty spectacular. Like this, the stuff that like Han picking up a lightsaber and battling uh, Darth Vader is, um, I got to tell you, I regret that we never saw that. Um, uh, Chewbacca, C-3PO, R2-D2 will all have larger roles in Empire. Uh, and then this next story does not sound too likely, they say. But we're going to share one report with you. Luke and C-3PO are catch captured by a horrendous... Uh, Luke and C-3PO are captured by a horrendous alien who dumps them into a tank-like prison filled with breathable liquid. The only way the alien can be killed, Shades of Dracula, is to drive a stake through his heart. The only metal around will be C-3PO. And Luke melts the droid down to fabricate the weapon. You guys, this is the reason you listen to Rob's observations. Where else are you going to hear that at one point, the rumors going around were that Luke and C-3PO are captured by a horrendous alien who dumps them into a tank-like prison filmed with breathable liquid. And the only way Luke can kill this dude is by driving a metallic stake through his heart and the metallic stake will be formed by him melting down C-3PO. Lots of stop-motion animation will be used in Empire than Star Wars, more than, than there was in Star Wars. Um, and uh, where it was used for holographic creatures in chess in the, in the chess scene with the Let the Wookiee Win scenario. Phil Tippett and John Berger reportedly animators in charge. There will be a jungle planet where Luke and Han are seeking allies against the Empire. They enlist a race of winged aliens called the Quarrels. Dude, dudettes, I am reading straight from Starlog magazine. Uh, the creatures called the Quarrels are uh, dolphin-like aquatic mammals, it says here, after saying that they are winged aliens. The rebels will visit three different planets in Empire, and there are different races of intelligent creatures on each of the planets. Uh, Princess Leia is Princess Leia will be captured by stormtroopers delivered to Darth Vader, who will use the Force and seduce her into betraying Luke and Han. I mean, was this the hottest issue of Starlog ever? Okay, and and again, they, all of the pictures in here are of them in the Hoth base. So Lucasfilm had released. This isn't paparazzi shots. These are official pictures that Lucasfilm released so that Starlog could titillate us and then put all these just insane Empire Strikes Back ideas there. So imagine you are 12 years old and reading this and thinking of the toys and thinking of all of the fun you're going to have with the quarrels and, and Han Solo wielding a lightsaber versus Darth Vader. 
Um, I mean, come on. Is this, this is just amazing. And that Leo is going to be seduced by Vader to betray Luke and Han. Okay. During their travels, Luke and Han and Leah encounter a female villain, a sort of queen of outer space. Uh, that's the sentence. There's nothing more than that. Relating vaguely to the black hole rumor. I, I missed the black hole rumor. It is said that Han and Chewie land on a desert planet where they meet time travelers from Earth's 13th century who are trying to fight off stormtroopers with catapults and crossbows. Okay, someone has dropped the deep acid. I did not make that up. I literally, relating vaguely to the black hole rumor, it is said that Han Solo and Chewie land on a desert planet where they meet time travelers from Earth's 13th century who are trying to fight off stormtroopers with catapults and crossbows. Through the use of the Force, here's another one, another bullet point, Luke persuades Darth Vader of the error of his ways and convinces him to enlist with the rebels against the error. So, so in this version of Empire Strikes Back, Luke says, hey, Darth, come fight for the rebellion. And he does. <laughs> Everyone, it's a good six months before the Empire Strikes Back reaches the movie theaters, and it's safe to assume that the preceding batch of rumors is only the beginning. Star Wars captured the imaginations of millions instantly as no other film in the history of film has ever been able to do, and it seems almost unfair that so many of us have had to wait so long to once again be immersed in and hurled through the, this romantic and exciting world. We can't just twiddle our mental thumbs. And speculation and rumor-mongering seem better than nothing. So here's how it wraps. The Empire Responds is the headline of this final section in this article. We asked Craig Miller, a member of the publicity department at Lucasfilm, to look over the above and let us know how we did as researchers. Craig, what's our score? Craig writes back, Well, David, this is an interesting bit of rumor mongering as I have seen in quite some time. Seriously, you've done pretty well, better than I had hoped you could do. This is the now Craig Miller from Lucasfilm is writing this response to David Houston who wrote this article. So he says, you did better than I hoped you could do. Hoped you could do. Like, you're onto some stuff. Of course, a fair percentage of the rumors you list are incorrect. But there are four or five that are right on the money. Which ones they are will have to be left as an exercise for your readers, at least until May 18th, 1980. While you came across a few rumors I hadn't heard before, a queen of outer space, he says, there were a few your researchers missed. Uh, here are some others we've heard, Craig offers up. Luke convinces Han to accept the teachings of the Jedi, initiates him into the ways of the Force, and from that point on, they grow and learn together. Or the Millennium Falcon passes through a time warp, and Luke, Han, and Chewbacca end up fighting in the Clone Wars alongside Luke's father and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Craig goes on to write, One fan magazine reports that the Empire had, invited, had invented a spy satellite that they used to seek out rebel bases, while another reported that the Rebellion was using them to eavesdrop on Imperial communications. One columnist for a Hollywood trade magazine reported that rock star Mick Jagger will be doing the score for The Empire Strikes Back, while another announced that Steven Spielberg will be directing our third film in the Star Wars film saga. My current favorite rumor, again, this is from the Lucasfilm head of publicity, Craig Miller, writing back to Starlog. <laughs> My current favorite rumor concerns Princess Leia's father. Of royal heritage, he is the nephew of the Emperor, and rather than leading the rebellion, he is actually a double agent. Forewarned of the, of the Death Star's attack on Alderaan, he escaped and now sits on the Emperor's court, advising him. Of course, just as with your sets of rumors, I can't tell you which of these are accurate. I'm afraid you're just going to have to wait till the film opens, but don't worry, Empire Strikes Back 
will be worth the wait. So guys, I just wanted to share with you, give you a snapshot. Someday we're going to read this black hole article about Disney's $20 million gamble, basically to catch uh, Star Wars. Um, and uh, it's got the president of Disney Productions, a black hole at the crosswords, at, at the crossroads, a black hole at the crossroads. Executive vice president of Disney discusses the future of Walt Disney Productions. Um you know, they wanted, they wanted to catch some of that Star Wars juice. And look what happened. They eventually bought Star Wars. They bought Lucasfilm. Wanted to take you back in time. December 1979. Uh, 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 the, the, again, as you know, street dates are not as same as release dates. You can always count back about two to three months. And that's when the magazine hit the stands. Uh, this made my Christmas. Getting this comic. It's all I could think about. And there was a large period of time where I did believe that Han Solo was going to pick up a lightsaber. And uh, going to battle with Darth Vader. I, I now, now reading this, it is the great regret of my life. <laughs> we didn't get this. I mean, is it too late? Can we film an alternative version? Is that what the future is going to bring us? Alternative? What? Make a movie just of the Empire Strikes Back fake rumors. Because honestly, I want to see some of them. Maybe not so much them meeting 13th century Earth dwellers. Weird Super weird. They got so much right. They got the Boba Fett right. They got some of the um, kidnapping. They got so much of Boba Fett right, honestly. They got Landu Kaurusian exactly right. They got, um, I mean, they, they really did. They, they, they uh, kudos to Starlog for, for, for really digging in, but we can, you know, who knows what those script readers, of which they talked to three of, different script readers who all gave them alternate versions of whatever script they said they read. The one, I mean, they really believed, really believed in that in that Han Solo, um, um, Darth Vader. I mean, they they kind of lead with that. That that is the centerpiece of this entire article, and uh, and 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 uh, <laughs> I love that that if Luke killed Vader, Han died too. Oh, the moral conundrum, um, the quandaries. Uh, yeah, they got they got Calrissian right. They got Boba Fett. The fact that the old Imperial. He was an old Imperial shock trooper. I mean, again, if you watch Under the Helmet, they allude exactly. That's what the Boba Fett armor was intended to be. So, um, you know, the jungle planet. I, I love that they were getting winged creatures called the corals. Um, very cool. You guys, uh, I just, again, rumors, speculation, whether it's the Beatles having fisticuffs, which we know didn't happen because the cameras would have been playing. And if you don't think that that footage would have been around the world. Um, again, What's the famous saying? Uh, a, tr a lie travels the world. A, tr a, a lie goes around the world while truth puts its pants on. I mean, it happens that fast. And so rumor, speculation, that, that was a fun exercise today. I had to share with you my, 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 my star log. Hopefully you are now as immersed in the fact that what if Luke convinced Darth Vader to join him and turn on the Emperor. And what if, you know, Leia's dad was a double agent who is now on the council advising the Emperor? And what if, you know, Leo was turned by Vader, you know, to 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 be re, you know to 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 be his dark agent and and penetrate the uh, the, the 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 relationship between Han and and Luke? We we know that there was some penetration with Han eventually. So, guys. Um, I'm so glad that I got to share this with you. Star Wars is is so huge and so amazing. And I loved your feedback on what you heard today. What Which of these rumors did you think were the best? Which one, you know, 
did you want to see the most? I, I think I'm fairly, you know, fairly uh, uh, settled on the, the Han Solo battling Darth Vader with the lightsaber and getting the 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 their their essences fused was um that's up there for me. I really appreciate you guys listening to this show. It's so fun to share it with you guys. You guys have always been um, there for me. Thanks for supporting our show. You know, at the end of every episode, I read the reviews that you guys leave for me. You're so generous and you're so kind. And um, we need your word of mouth. We need you to spread the word of the show. There's nothing more powerful than recommending it. I love when you guys go on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram and you recommend the show. That is a bold uh, uh, recommendation that really helps us. Um, I, I, I appreciate it so much. Uh, you just don't even understand. We, I love that you guys give us high rankings, five stars, and that you, um, that you, that you are, that you are spreading the love. And and uh, and I will finish with this very quick review by Mustafa. Mustafa, his name is Mustafa Inc. Mustafa Inc. But he signs it Mustafa M O S T A F A. Thank you for this review, Mustafa. He says, binge this now. Five stars. My favorite podcast to binge and consume while working on comic book pages. I love hearing about all the behind the scenes shenanigans that have transpired over the years in the comic book industry. Keep it up, Rob. Mustafa, I will keep it up. I am keeping it up. I will keep it up for you and so many others. Thank you for bringing your reviews and your positive energy and all the love that you guys have shared for me um, um, for this show. Continue to drop me a line. I am on social media. I am on Twitter at Robert Liefeld. Full name, Robert Liefeld. Blue check, that's really me. I am on Instagram at Rob Liefeld. Another blue check, really me. I'm all over Facebook. We have uh, Rob, Rob Observations with Rob Liefeld Facebook page. Please engage with us on that page. I am all over all sorts of different other um, um, uh, pages across Facebook. You might find me on the Battlestar Galactica page. You might find me on the Planet of the Apes page. You might find me on the Land of the Lost page. You might find me on the Sixth Million Dollar Man page. Are these all tied to my childhood? Do I have nostalgia on the brain in my membrane? Yes, I do. I do. And I am, am I insane? in the membrane. I think we've already settled that. Yes, I am. I love talking to you guys. I love our chats. I love sharing with you guys all across social media. Please engage me. I look forward to it. Um, this is the time of the show when you tell me that you're going to take care of yourself and no, no better time than now. It's the holidays. Take care of yourself. Take that extra time to kick back, relax, take care of your mental health, your spiritual health, your physical health, be well, and you are going to stay safe. And I am going to talk to you again real soon.